Welcome back to the Shelf Oddities. My name is Erie. And I'm Serafina. And Erie, what oddity are you feeling like today? I am feeling like what is now vintage, which is sad, a ghoulade jammer because <laughs> <laughs> we're a ghoul in the summertime and we're jamming. Yeah, I feel that. I do feel that like uh that would be nice to have right now, like a nice refreshing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What about you? I am feeling like like a nice old decrepit Barbie dream house that someone dumped in the woods. Oh, and yes. it's just been like taken over. That's a how spider I feel. lives there, a centipede yes. lives there. Yeah, you know, like a couple roly polies, just like some friends, and they're all just living their Barbie dream life. Yeah. That's how I feel. Cause it's gross. It's just gross outside. It's just been it's summer and we both are feeling it today because uh the last four days of the planet have been the hottest four days uh in like ever recorded history <laughs> for the whole yes. earth. So like that blows and I feel it. And uh I just hope everyone out there is staying relatively cool because we're all just oddities and uh we're melting. <laughs> yeah, we're not really made to be high in this climate. No, we really are not. So that's always fun. What have you been up to this week? Um, well, I accidentally bought a tarantula. Accidentally. Yeah, people keep saying, how do you do that? And I was like, well, me as a human is really good at spending money. And uh, (laughs) I said to myself, we have to go to this specific pet store because one of your children, God bless his little soul, requires toppers for his wet food or else he won't fucking eat it. And who am I to tell my son no? So I have found the specific brand that he likes. And of course, it's only available at one local pet store. So in this order damn generation. I know. Dude. <laughs> also, can we, it's called like a poke bowl too. Like a poke, like. Is it really? Yes, it is. That's and so it has pumpkin in it, which ironically, it's for my orange cat. So I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Anyway. That pet store so happens to be the one that locally carries tarantulas, and it's right next to the gym. So I frequently find myself there, just kind of haunting the back shelves that they keep their tarantulas in, waiting for the day that they'll finally get me. And I was got. I got got. Because... It seems, it seems like an impressive uh, self-will that this is the first time you've accidentally acquired a tarantula from here. I know, because I've gone there fairly frequently, but the catch was they were only carrying, like, slings, like little babies. So there wasn't one of a species that I was willing to, like, take the plunge on. Because when Mm -hmm. you get tarantulas as slings, there's a very high chance that they won't survive. So it's like, I don't want to invest money in a sling that I don't 100% know how to take care of and then end up killing it and then wasting money. Right. So, when I went there yesterday, though, they had two, like, rather rather large tarantulas. Like, the largest that I've ever seen them carry before. And one of them was a curly hair tarantula, which I know is a beginner-friendly species. I had already done all the research on it because it was one of the ones that I wanted next. And it was only $35. Wow. The moon and the stars, they aligned. I know, and I already had an enclosure at home because I had bought an enclosure thinking that Elvira was going to be bigger than she is. And then Mm. I was like, I'll just keep it. I'm sure I'll get something to fit in it. And by golly, I did. You did. Uh, And the baby's name is? Yowie, 
we're calling him Yowie because um, the curly hair tarantulas are like brown. Mm -hmm. Um, and I originally wanted to go with like a Yeti Bigfoot type theme, but I didn't want to do Bigfoot. And then Yeti, I always feel like it should be like a lighter color. So we went with Yowie. I wish that you would have gone with Sasquatch because I would have loved to call a spider Sass. Well, we almost called it. Quatch. (laughs) Or Quatch. We almost went with Sam Squanch just to be funny. Mm. Of course, Heather and I were talking about it. But I already have a plant named Muffin Sam's, and we didn't want a spider named Sam, so we had to come to some sort of compromise. Um, Yowie's a fine name. Yeah. Well, congratulations, new parent. Thank you. We're very happy for you. All the oddlings were also happy for you. Um, Beautiful spider. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I guess... I'm going to have to make them like the pet of the week over on Instagram so people can see this. Like I just I I said to you last night, like um, if an eyelash extension went to the theater, a blonde <laughs> eyelash extension went to the theater. And I feel like that like it's a spider and like a, f- a feather boa like Yowie is in drag. And I love that. Yes. Also, we're using they them pronouns because not confirmed gender. So they them queen. I mean, or- go off. Who knows? Might as well. Yowie's progressive. I'm down. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been up to? Anything good? Uh, I'm trying not to melt. <laughs> no. Um, I have been... What have I been doing? Reading. I've just been reading. I, I starts off so many of our podcasts saying that, but I read... I've read six books in the last four days. Oof. I There's always one day in summer I super mess up my sleep schedule because I stay up all night reading, and that happened two nights ago. Uh, we were actually supposed to record this podcast earlier in the week, but uh, instead of sleeping like a normal person, I finished an 800-page book uh, overnight. I started it at midnight, hoping it would make me fall asleep. It was a book I had tried to read a bunch of times and could never get into, and I just finally made it past the breaking point, and then I couldn't stop. Oh, no. And um, so now I forced myself to go to bed at like 2 last night and like wake up by like 10 today. So like I'm slowly getting back to it, but man... I was doing really good there, like waking up at like 730 and like getting outside before the sun got up for the garden. Nah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's been happening with me. And I've also just be I've just been sitting here like patiently twirling my thumbs, waiting for Barbenheimer. You know, I'm just. Yes. I'm so ready. And um, I've just been chilling. Truly. I, it, I've just been trying to just sit and read in front of a fan and not die. It's been wonderful. That's reasonable. Um, do we need to talk about Tomothy Charmander in the new Wonka movie? What the fuck? How uh, random is that? I do think that Taquito Shillamom is going to be a good Wonka. Yeah. And uh, I think it's crazy they're doing a Willy Wonka um, redo anyway, because what's the point? We already have two masterpieces, but I like... Guess- a prequel like it's like how did yeah. Wonka so it's a little, a little baby. yeah yeah I think it'll be fun I, I don't I was watching the trailer and it did give me like Christmassy winter vibes and that's when it comes out so I'm kind of excited for it I just I am a Gene Wilder stan you know I understand this. I do understand Gene Wilder is literally the profile picture of our discord server that we used to record <laughs> and has been 
from Young Frankenstein, since yeah. we made, or sorry, Frankenstein, since <laughs> <laughs> we made this Discord. So it's always hard for me to like, uh, the original is just so fucking good. I can't. I agree. It is, it is hard uh, to do that. But I also felt like that before the Tim Burton one. Sure. Yeah. And, and that I, one did have, I, I, I like that it. one too. I like, yeah. I, I like fun. I like whimsy and fun. I I like when a movie takes me out of my own reality for a couple of hours, but doesn't leave me with existential dread or longing or whatever. So like the fact that I just get to watch this little twink run around and like have fun and like make some chocolate like sounds wonderful to me, you know? Yeah. So maybe it'll be good. We'll give some uh, Tamafi Charlemongs, <laughs> you know, some chances here and see if it'll go well. I it's weird I actually I like him as an actor Dune completely changed my opinion on him and the fact that this year we get Dune 2 where he plays Paul Atreides being the most rigid version of himself and then we go into Wonka it just (laughs) sounds it sounds like the duality of man and I'm here for it and I'll give anything a chance you know as long as it's not I don't know some you know putting in actors I don't like or whatever like I don't know I trust him in his vision and he seemed to really enjoy it and have fun but have you watched oh have you watched the bear no I haven't so the bear is great uh, I really recommend it it's really fun um it's I mean it's kind of I don't know how to explain it. it's it's calls itself a comedy but there's like all comedy comedy comes from dark places so there's a little bit of all of that but the main character, his name is Jeremy Allen White, I think. And he he looks like Gene Wilder. Like, in oh, my own okay. opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I know who you're talking about. And what I was think... He in, was he in something that was... Like uh, Shameless. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. that's what it But now as an adult, I think he looks so much like him. So, like, in our house, he's young Gene Wilder. And I saw so many tweets that was like, I don't care about Timotan Chamada. Give me... <laughs> Jeremy Allen White and um I thought those tweets were hilarious it's not like we need another Gene Wilder to do that he already did it the best that could possibly be done let's not pretend he is Wonka but I am excited and for all of the young actors who are out there it being I'm gonna do it again you know I'm going to be torrential Kim Adong I am (laughs) pumped about that I mean I think that he has something interesting and to play see him playing something quirky and fun instead of like all of the roles he has played i'm excited just to see that side of the coin you know i'm also excited that they're doing a new generation wonka movie because i feel like willy wonka is one of those things that's legendary yes and i feel the same way about um like when they revamp like adam's family they did the animated Mm -hmm. adam's family it's so important to give these things to our younger generations so that they have them so i hope that it's good i hope that it's legendary i hope that all of the little chaos babies love it and then it's everything we want and more i'm excited for i watched a couple um commercials for it and i was like you know this might be it it seems like fun and i'm always down for fun so if you've seen the title of this podcast you know that we're talking about barbie my girl the homie um and that is a movie barbenheimer that i like when theater has something people are excited about I love the human experience. I am someone who will watch Endgame and cry about thinking about how people reacted to it, you know, like when we were in theater, because I like the human experience of all of all of us watching something and 
feeling something together. I like that. I like that idea. So having something new seems like fun. Yeah, I agree. I'm pumped about it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we can get into Barbieheimer, Barbenheimer, Heimer, Barbenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before we get into it, I hope this podcast serves you excitement for the movie. Editing Serafina here. So we recorded this podcast about three weeks ago before the SAG Afra strike started. And while I'm not going to take down this episode because I'm proud of it and I really like it and I am excited for the movie, they have asked that people don't promote the movie. And if they are talking about the movie, at least talk about the strike. And I have no problem talking about the strike. This strike is really important. This is the last strike against AI realistically before it takes over, which is terrifying. I would look into it, look into the leaders of the strike. Adam Conover on Twitter um, has amazing tweets talking about everything. Pay attention to the social media sites of the companies WGA and SAG-AFTRA and um, pay attention to what's going on. This is a really important time. Uh, to stand with the strikers and to stand with the unions. And I would appreciate if you thought about that going through with this podcast. Barbie is a really cool history, and I'm very excited to get into it. But do know that there are people out here who worked really hard on it, on every piece of media you like, and are struggling to pay rent or struggling to pay bills. And that's fucking ridiculous. They don't even make enough to get into the healthcare part of their union, and that sucks. So... Please support the strikers, and I hope that they can come to a agreeable situation here soon. Thanks. Uh, that's coming out at the time of we record this. Um, or if you've seen the movie and are looking for more information, I hope you find that here. If you have seen the movie and are here afterwards, just know that me right now in this moment, I'm very jealous of you. Uh, <laughs> I've been closely watching the updates on this movie for years and I could do a lot of things out of joy knowing that I am so close to watching it now. All right. So let's get into it. The history of Barbie. Here's the thing. I am a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. I think we all are, really. And Trixie Mattel once said, when we are looking at Barbies, we are looking at tiny historical snapshots of cultural significance. We are looking at what girls were supposed to be aspiring to, what adult women were doing at the time, what jobs they had, what clothes they were wearing, how they styled their hair, what their attitude was, the height of the heel and the accessory. It tells you so many things in subtle ways. And what a quote. I mean, I think that's beautiful. This is a toy that holds a mirror up to society for almost 60 years. I mean, it's crazy to think about how long it's been around. Um... It's actually more than that, really, but it was a slow start. And we'll get to that. I was a Barbie girl or a Bratz girl or the girl that was always chewing on Polly Pocket's clothing. You know those <laughs> girls? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that. I was also one of them. Um, we all know that girls and girls' passions are, are just ridiculed in society. Barbie, Taylor Swift, Twilight, Harry Styles, the color pink... These and many more are just some ideologues that have been pummeled into the fucking ground just because misogyny is a rampant beast, right? How excited am I that we have taken a turn in society now? 
girls get to enjoy things at a much bigger scale since most of us have taken back our girlhood and given ourselves and our love the respect it deserves. I don't think that colors are gendered. I think that's fucking dumb. But the world is now a bright pink door, and that is for everyone who wants to walk through it. And I love that. So let's get into what brought us the very first 11-inch fashion doll that rocked the world. It was a momentous day, March 9th of 1959, when Barbie creator Ruth Handler brought her wares to the market. That market was the annual local toy fair, because back in the day, if you owned a toy store, you had to go to vendors and pick up toys from a toy fair and create connections. Ruth Handler saw her daughter's toy choices were very limited. She could only play out being a mom or a caregiver, whereas her son had toys that allowed him to imagine himself as a firefighter, an astronaut, a doctor, and more. This inspired Ruth to create a doll that showed girls they had choices, that they could be anything. Couldn't you just cry for all the girls who didn't have anything fun like that? Yeah, I'm, that makes me really sad because... Like you were saying, or like Trixie Mattel was saying, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think that dolls in general have made so much progress. Um, yes, in the last like fifteen years, even like now, I I'm, I'm sure I'm going to go on a monster high rant multiple times, but I am a monster <laughs> high girl at almost thirty in my life. Yeah. So thinking about how there isn't some, there wasn't something out there for for little girls to play with yeah yeah it's sad and it's actually it's it's what kind of freaks me out about when i see little girls now and they're babies quote unquote like there's nothing wrong with being a mother but from the day they pop us out they give us something to take care of and that's just fucked up yeah i had tons of baby dolls as a kid i did too you know what happened i ripped my tubes out (laughs) (laughs) it didn't work (laughs) Um, So all of that to say, no one thought Barbie would do well. No one was interested in giving their daughters a different way to play, or so they thought. Ruth and her husband, Elliot, went to different toy makers, and not a one was interested. They had multiple meetings, and they were shut away. So they created this small company you might have heard of called Mattel. Oh, yeah, small company. (laughs) Mattel was actually started as a plastics factory, and they had a piece a piece <laughs> they had a piece of plastic that was left over from molds they created and it looked like a dollhouse table so they started selling their excess to toy stores they never wanted to be a toy creator but look where they ended up quickly because i love ruth and i won't talk about her that much through the rest of this i wanted to mention that she actually went on to create a popular breast form for women who had to have mastectomies from breast cancer fuck yeah ruth yeah dude she's been a girl's girl through and through from day one also while we're having a pause here uh do you march 9th that makes barbie a pisces bro hey explains a lot doesn't it (laughs) does yeah so it all starts with the number one barbie we are introduced to barbara roberts or barbie as you might know her a 19 year old fashion model who is a whole vibe She's from Willow, Wisconsin, and her namesake is actually Ruth's own daughter, Barbara, which I think is cute. It's adorable. 
Let me tell you, this original Barbie, she's stunning. As you can imagine, society thought she was pornographic and obscene. She was a child's doll that had boobs, the first of its kind. Whoa. Oh, man. Um, to be fair, Barbie's physical appearance was modeled on the German Bile de Lily doll. It was actually a gag gift for men based upon a cartoon character that was featured in like a West German newspaper. So when I say she's hot later, like I do mean it. She was literally kind of modeled after a hot woman. <laughs> um, let me tell you something about Barbara. She has her own house. She's a fashion model, and she has no husband. She is the moment. A fucking spinster, as they say. <laughs> Not yet. She's only 19, honey. Oh, shit. My bad. Give her, give her four years. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about what the world was like in 1959, this was a giant leap for women, especially young girls. M.G. Lord wrote a book called Forever Barbie, it is amazing. I recommend it if you are looking for this type of content. It's uh, nonfiction and it's wonderful. So parents in the 1950s had two fears about their daughter. Secondly, their fear would be sexualized or sexual in any way. And firstly, that their daughter would not be groomed. <laughs> and I know that has a weird connotation now, but I mean like hair groomed, fresh clothes, smelling good, hygiene type of groom. So first fear... Huh? Why are we worried about that? Well, so you have to think in the 1950s, being beautiful and well taken care of and attracting a man was your meal ticket. It's fucked up, but I mean, that was the way it was. Okay. Yeah. So their first fear, daughter's not groomed. Second fear, daughters were groomed. It was a lot, you know, there was a lot going on there. Being well groomed and fashionable, like I said, it's a one way ticket to not being homeless, to not, you know finding a man and doing all this stuff, whatever. Women still really didn't have jobs in this time. Women didn't really have many options. So a lot of parents saw this doll and went, well, if it will encourage my child to aspire to be beautiful and well-groomed and take care of her hair, I'm in. Once again, fucked up origins, but that was the scenario. I mean, like I said, these are snapshots in history. After all of their meetings going sour and them having to put their own life and their own house and their own everything on the line to create this doll, Mattel became the number three toy company in the world in its first year of selling Barbie. They were told no one would want this and it was a slow start and then boom, it was a Barbie world. So let's talk about scandalous number one. She is in a black and white striped swimsuit. She's basically in a strapless romper. But at this time, baby, that was porn. I mean, she was the first doll to look like a teenager. She has this high pony with strawberry blonde hair and this like thick bang. Uh, she has like a cute little black heel on and a bitchy face. She is serving cunt. I'm telling you, you got to look her up. Yeah, Hi. I googled it. That she's fucking eyeshadow, bro. Oh my she's God. getting it. Yes. High eyebrows, blue eyeshadow, big side eye, large hoop earrings and white sunglasses. She's she's stunning. I mean, she's just stunning. Uh, you can tell that number one is a true number one because of the hole on the bottom of her arched foot for the display stand. That arched foot that Barbie is known for has been there since day one. 
and she's everything she's the moment you can actually buy a recreation of her swimsuit she's wearing at unique vintage they did a limited release for this year oh yeah it's really cool she's just cool she's just cool uh there was only 300 i say only i mean it's a lot but there was only 350,000 of these barbies made um before they came up with their second model and uh interestingly enough some of these were brunettes uh, for every one brunette doll, there are three strawberry blondes. It's kind of interesting that Barbie. That is interesting. She had, you know, she had herself a little dark moment. Uh, they are hard to come by now. The first couple of years, people didn't know to keep them taken care of. Like who you just give them to a child. You know what I mean? Um, but I will tell you, Barbara, she is a unique woman and she was a trend setter. So if you wouldn't mind, I would now like to get into the Eras tour. <laughs> Sorry, when I wrote that joke, I, I just loved it. I'm going to take you through the decades, go over a little bit of each decade, what was happening, what was going on with Barbie at that time. I genuinely find this history so interesting because I find women's history so interesting. So I'm hoping that maybe some of the things I mentioned in this make it to the Barbie movie. I don't know. I'm making this two weeks before it comes out. So who knows? But I'm hoping maybe there's some Easter eggs in here for that. Let's move into the 60s, right? So Barbie was created in 1959. And Barbie marketing was convincing children to buy the doll for $2.50. And then the outfits were 3 to $4. And that's where they got you hooked. They called it selling you the blade handle and then selling you the razor that was their marketing scheme yeah. right but the crazy thing is that these outfits they are quality and excess they are real working zippers they're hemmed they are full outfits that you could put on as an adult if you were 11 inches tall i mean they are they're crazy we have some really fun Barbies that come out in the beginning of the century or the century at the beginning of the decade. Like Barbie likes to cook. One of my favorites is actually called Barbecue, which I think is so <laughs> funny. Barbecue. Good for them for doing that. I know, right? Uh, she came with real wooden rolling pins and spatulas, like actual spatulas. She's it was just so cute. Um, in 1962, we did get the number one Ken. Uh, and he was a companion to Barbie Q. Um, so uh, he was just called Cooking Ken. And he has an apron and it says, it's chow time. Come and get it. <laughs> Which, what the fuck? <laughs> why, why? Why chow time? It's chow time. Come and get it. Which I just think is so funny. Um, he also came with like a, a stick with a hot dog on it. Like a real, like, wooden hot dog on, like, a real, like, you know, like, those s'more sticks? It's, like, one of those. But they That's came funny. with these, like, super cute, really well-made accessories. And I just, I really appreciate and love that. Um, One of my favorite Barbies of this time is actually called Suburban Shopper. And that's because her outfit is just beautiful. It's the prettiest dress. And I hope that one day I would be good enough at sewing so I could remake it. Um, it's blue. It's a like blue dress with like white lace stripes on it. And she even came with like a real straw woven hat. They put a lot of work and energy into every single piece that they put out for years. In the middle of 1960s, they come out with 
RN Barbie, as in registered nurse Barbie. She's so cute in her little scrub and like hat. She's she's just adorable. This was the first Barbie that showed Barbie as a working woman. I mean, before we had, you know, cooking Barbie and barbecue Barbie and like, you know, all these things that like women were supposed to be. Um, Not because Ruth wanted that, but because they were trying to, of course, make the idea that like Barbie was a good woman and like a good, you know, all this stuff. And that was right after the war. And that was like a super popular thing. Like women were cooking um, all the time. So it just made sense at that time. Um, but what's actually interesting is that at the end of the decade, we get the first Barbie that shows Barbie um, moving. Not a lot, but we call, uh, Mattel calls this the twist and turned Barbie or like TNT if you're a collector. She has joints in her arms and legs and her waist moves at the middle. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's not like her waist moves as in side back to front. It moves like up and out. So like before she was just a model with like, you know, cunty elbows and like very (laughs) strict angles. And now like Barbie's dancing, baby. Um, It was revolutionary. And uh, this is when dance shows started to be really big on the telly, if you will. Like think Hairspray the musical. We are twisting. We're turning. We're shouting. Uh, And the kids loved it. They wanted to dance and they wanted to have clothes that they could move in. She's like funky and fun. This is the first time they came out with a Barbie that instead of having painted on eyelashes, she had rooted eyelashes. Like, oh, damn. Yeah. She is serving bitch, though, still like high cheekbones, pouty lips. She's giving the girls high fashion. In um, 1962, we get Barbie's dream house as well. And as you can imagine, a woman owning her own house was insane. Girls could have a tangible item showing them independence, willing them to dream bigger. Before women were even allowed to open their own bank accounts, Barbie represented women in new ways, becoming a symbol of independence and empowerment uh, with its mid-century modern decor, it had a hi-fi stereo and slime line furniture, slime line, slim line furniture. <laughs> Girls could imagine entertaining friends or relaxing in like a stylish living room that like they owned. Could you imagine? No, oh. I can't. Gives me chills. In 1968, in support of equal rights, Barbie released Christy. Uh, one of the first black dolls to ever hit the shelves. Christy was created as a friend of Barbie and came dressed in mod-inspired swimsuits and a short 60s hairstyle. She's super cute. Um, they had come out with friends before. I, I'll get into some of the friends. There's so many of them. But at this point, we had only had Skipper, which was her sister, and then Christy. Um, and Christy was a big deal. I mean, for black girls to have a doll was, was huge. I mean, and this was, uh, less than 10 years and the first one came out. So, I mean, during the civil rights movement, Mattel's always been just slightly ahead of society. And we'll see that later on, but this was a big moment. Another thing about, uh, this decade is Mattel was always sure to never give Barbie kids, right one she's 19 and two barbie is not made to teach girls how to nurture right she's about teaching girls to be themselves so when conservative consumers who were a 
have been a thorn in Barbie's side this whole time. Um, started boycotting and making a lot of issues, you know, shit we see today. Uh, Mattel came out with Barbie babysits. <laughs> like, what a serve, right? Gag those hoes. They said, nah, no kids, but she will take your cash money, honey. She will get that bag. She will get her bag. She'll watch her little brats, but then she's leaving to go to her house. Thank you. Have a good one. Um, and I love that. I just love it. There's something about Mattel who for a long time, and I think this was also misogyny, giving microphones to some people, Barbie was seen as this like anti-feminist thing, right? They were trying to like say that that was like a thing, but like Mattel never stood by that during this whole time. Barbie was always her own woman and they were, they had, they were 10 toes down, had that girl, you know, the whole time. Uh, As we move on to the next decade of Barbie, it's the seventies. And man, as you can imagine, what a time. <laughs> the 70s was a huge decade for fashion dolls, hippies, disco, women's lib, like big moves, right? Um, the next Barbie that was really big was Dramatic Living Barbie. This is where we see like the face starts to change. She has a softer face, a slight smile. Uh, the dramatic eyebrow, it's softer now. But that's But that's not really the cool thing about this Barbie. Dramatic living Barbie can move so much more. So here's a fun fact. Maureen McCormick, who plays Marsha on the Brady Bunch, before the Brady Bunch, she was in a Barbie commercial. And in this commercial, you see Barbie hold her hand out in a flat shape. Um, Like she like flicks her wrist. And Barbie had never given bent wrist before. You know, like, is he kind of, sorry. (laughs) That's what I was thinking this entire time. Basically. Uh, And the market went fucking bananas. The commercial was a great success, like insane. Let's talk about some of the subtlety that I mentioned earlier. As women got more freedom in America, Barbie also got more freedom of movement. It's you cannot deny it while you look at slowly look at the joints and the movement that she has it directly follows women being freer and i think that's the coolest shit women's expressionism even reached to the toy industry i mean this is only 11 years after they started and you can already see how much has changed from you know cunty elbow barbie to barbie moving and expressing um and it's really cool so The most famous Barbie in the 1970s is the Malibu Barbie. The 60s have happened. The Beatles have happened. Twiggies happened in the 19... Twiggies? Her name's Twiggy, but I guess I said that kind of correctly. Um, The 1970s is when we see this beach bunny craze, right? The California obsession is brewing. We are all California dreaming mamas and papas. Um, long blonde hair, powder blue swimsuit, the tannest skin you've ever seen. She gives Trump a run for her money. You know, like this girl is orange. <laughs> Teenagers and young women are wearing their hair long now because through the 50s and 60s, women's hair was short. They had bubble cuts. You were lucky if you had someone around you with like a swoop at their shoulder, you know, giving that mod look. These girls were the first generation that fashion-wise desperately wanted to be different than their mothers because they wanted to be their own person. They wore less makeup. They wanted to be tan. 
This is the first Barbie that looks straight ahead. Barbie's not passive anymore. There's no side eye. There's no looking away from the camera. Barbie's not submissive. Women were supposed to be submissive and passing and not looking at the world too harshly. And this was the same time that women were like, honestly, fuck that. And Barbie said, amen, girl. She's looking right at you with bright, beautiful eyes to take in a world that is hers. In my opinion, Malibu PJ is actually my favorite Barbie face. Uh, Google her if you're interested. She's everything. She's just so pretty. Um, the Malibu effect is is insane. I mean, this really Barbie was already crazy, but like everyone loves Malibu Barbie. She still has so many effects through today and through fashion. It's kind of wild. We then had the Marsha Brady effect. Marsha Brady had an entire generation of women wanting to be her. And when I say women, I mean young girls. Um, this Barbie looked like her. This Barbie was styled after her. The long blonde hair, the bright blue eyes. It's wild to think that she went from being a kid in, a, in the commercial to being the new face at Barbie. It's just cool how it worked. This was their biggest seller after Dramatic Living Barbie. So both times, Maureen McCormick was right in front and center of the fashion world uh, when it came to fashion dolls. And everyone wanted to be her. She still has effects uh, that you can see through today. And she she gave the girls what they got, you know, and, and Barbie ate it up with a spoon and it worked. At the end of the 70s, uh, we have the next big Barbie because the beach craze is it's over, right? I mean, it had at this point eight years of, you know, everyone wanting to be a surfer. Uh, but here's the thing about the 70s. You will never get away from the thing that doesn't die, which is disco. Glamour. We're talking glamour, honey. We're talking Studio 54's happened. We're talking all of this big blue eyeshadow, long neck. You know, this is where we see that Barbie face that we know and love come to life. She has bent arms to hold her feather boa. She's just stunning. They put her in a big old gown. Uh, I haven't talked too much about Ken throughout this because Ken always, they struggled with Ken for a long time. Ken was only created to be Barbie's companion, right? And that's why we see the tagline, like, she's Bar she's everything and he's just Ken, like, Ken was only made to give the conservatives a, a man for Barbie, basically. So Ken, on his own identity, struggled throughout this whole time. But when I tell you they brought out superstar Ken, <laughs> Barbie's companion for the disco era, this man looks like a porn star. <laughs> Big ass blonde hair. Oh, my God. The it's teeth. The dude, big ass blonde hair, big ass bright teeth, ascot looking ass. Like he looks like he just looks like his ass was up to no good in Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> Bro, he's giving um Ted Bundy. It, he's given a lot of things. He looks yep. like if if like blonde Eminem had a disco phase. Like it's just is a lot. Like he's just is a lot. It is a lot. To be fair, in the 70s, we also get big business, Ken. He is everything, though. He's in this lovely suit, and he has great eyebrows. Um, I somehow had this Ken as a kid, um, and I really wish I still had him, Corporate King. 
He just looks good. I think it's like the one of the best times Ken's ever looked. It's the shoulders. That's Dude, why. he's so broad. Like he's just he's just a big business. Like homie is in for the money. That this one looks less scary than Superstar Ken. Oh yeah, because he just looks like he's made. Like he just looks like the Ken that you would think. You know, he's, like he just looks like that TikTok audio. I'm going to go to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this Ken, he's not scary. He's just, yeah, I have to go to work. Like, he's just, he's just funny. He just looks like a dude, you know? Um, but I do think it's some of the best he looks because they yeah. struggled with Ken's yeah, hair a lot. <laughs> they, they go from actual hair to, like, plastic hair. And I think plastic hair is the, is the way to go with Ken because hair at like such a like short length it just sticks up and looks so goofy and they they didn't decide if he was blonde or brunette or you know anything for a long time but i think big business ken is definitely the best looking ken so that leads us into the 1980s and um we get a true cultural moment here 1980 they come out swinging black barbie We've had black friends of Barbie, right? We had Christy. They've done, they did, I think they did a midge that was black, but now we have actual black Barbie. And she is gorgeous. She's just gorgeous. I think she's one of the prettiest Barbies. Her face is cheekbones, dark eyes, bright lip. She's so pretty. Um, I think up until this point, she's the only Barbie that comes close to the prettiness of the first Barbie because, of course, she looks different than other Barbies. She's the first black Barbie, but like she just is serving face. You know, you cannot deny the face card on her. And she actually comes with, at that point, I think they called it a fro. I don't love and they And it, she comes with a pick. Also don't know how I feel about that. But the fact that they gave her natural hair was a stunning choice to show children the beauty of natural hair and not the relaxed hair that was like the more acceptable standards at the time was huge. It's bare minimum um, in, the, in 2023 standards, but then it was huge. I mean, it was, could you imagine being like a little black girl and you wake up on Christmas and like, here's black bar. It's like 1980, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I, I love that they did that. And then the next year they did Hispanic Barbie and she's pretty too. And like, I just think about the representation that was given to them as little girls. Like, could you imagine being forced to play with like white Barbie? What year did they do Hispanic Barbie? Uh, 1981, I That's believe. That's fucking rad, dude. Good for Mattel. That's what I'm saying. Like they were always above. And I mean, they were the first ones to do it. And like I said, it's bare minimum now but at that point it really they they tried to keep up with or not keep up with but be ahead of the standard and i appreciate that let's move on to the fact that the 1980s is a fucking fever dream in fashion and sci-fi it's why everyone loves the 80s right you see this in dolls as well western barbie comes out this year and this is oh. where we get Barbie horses. Ye fucking ha, bro. <laughs> I know I just talked about representation, but can you imagine the horse girls? No, I'm just fucking kidding. Um, Barbie horses, are you kidding me? Iconic. 
iconic. Um, we then get into Great Shape Barbie, which is basically let's get physical Barbie. Her and Ken both, they have great shapes and they can they can move a little bit different, but it was very much uh, aerobic Barbie, which I just think is fun. And I remember, like, I think about those outfits. I remember those outfits, you know, as a kid. Oh, yeah. That's, like, what I played with as a kid because all of my Barbies were, like, secondhand from, like, my mom. Yeah, I really, like I got a lot from like garage sales, you know, like yeah, that kind of stuff. Me too. Yeah. Um, we also got Peaches and Cream Barbie, and she was the true fashion Barbie of the 80s. Big peachy gown, gorgeous face. Barbie, the toy, the Mattel, but Barbie the toy, has worked with more fashion designers than any other brand in the world. So at the end of the 80s, we actually get a collaboration with Oscar de la Renta designed an entire line and made clothes for Barbie. And they're cute. They're cute. There's a lot of gowns. It's just cute. But can you imagine? 85. So we're looking at 24 years after they're created. And Oscar de la Renta is like, yeah, I'll make a line for your toys. Also, peaches and cream Barbie is giving. I just killed my husband, but we're not going to talk about it vibes. And I appreciate that. This, this is a Hallmark movie. This is Lifetime. <laughs> High society lady cannot do anything wrong. Yes. Like, I've simply never committed a single crime. <laughs> I've never done anything wrong in my life. And you must believe me. It's also like she's giving like I sold coke in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. At the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, she's just cute. She's very cute. Um, so... The 80s birthed a very interesting idea when it came to girls' toys, especially fashion dolls. Women are now seen as productive members of the workforce. So this is where we get day-to-night Barbie. She's in a suit. She has a briefcase and a calculator. Barbie is working 9 to 5. What a way to make a living. Her outfit changes from a suit to a dress. She like literally her her pants suit skirt flips into like a ball <laughs> ground skirt. Um, and this was the acknowledgement that women could be many things glamorous and fun and out on the town, but also be business brained and beautiful with a passion for spreadsheets and the quarter's goals. Like she was the OG girl boss. She's ready to go. She's nine to five so that she can party from five to 12. <laughs> right, exactly. If you want to see her nine to five, you should also see her <laughs> five to nine, baby. Let me tell you something. Uh, this is also the decade we get astronaut Barbie and we live for her. Everyone lives for astronaut Barbie. Um, which also Margot Robbie uh, for Vanity Fair did like an astronaut Barbie uh, photo shoot. It was really cute. Margot I really Robbie's liked it. a fucking legend. Uh, we get to the end of the 80s and that's where we get Rockstar Barbie, which there is a crazy story about and I will share in a second. Um, but this Barbie comes with a mic and a guitar and a crazy outfit. It's very hairband um, and she's the freest Barbie to ever Barbie, you know. The crazy thing about this, and I don't want to tell stories out of school, but there's a little bit of shady stuff happening here. So, the makers of uh, Barbie at Mattel, 
found out that there was a doll coming out called Jem. And Jem was a rock star fashion doll. And they found out about this and they went ahead and pushed Rockstar Barbie to beat Jem to the market. They weren't even working on her when they found out, but they found out. And a toy at this time took 18 months start to finish from the original conception to getting toys on the shelf, right? A year and a half. They got Barbie to the shelf in just over nine months. Oh. Beating Jem by two months. Damn. So when Jem came out, everyone thought, oh, they're just copying Barbie. Not knowing there's a little corporate espionage going on behind the scenes. <laughs> which I just think is interesting. If you're more interested in that kind of stuff, MG Lord does talk about that in her book. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, Barbie, like, okay. Um, and there's two ways to look at that, which is one, you shady bitch. And two, anything is possible <laughs> if you just try hard <laughs> enough, which is Barbie's whole tagline. So I guess it works, you know, whatever. <laughs> Moving um, capitalism. And speaking of anything is possible, if you just believe, the end of the 80s and 90s was a huge push for girls believing in themselves, right? Uh, at this point, women were in the workforce, and now it was capitalism took over. Let's make them successful parts of the workforce and want to work hard <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, but Barbie took a, a place in that, launching their um, We Girls Can Do Anything ad campaign it was a series of ads encouraging girls to believe in themselves and their dreams the commercial featured in the song had girls singing we can do anything right barbie and uh anything is possible as long as i try like th there was a huge push of women can be whatever they want you uh, whatever you have your dream set to you can freaking do dog you just got to try, um, including trying running for president. In 1992, uh, Barbie decided that she was running for president. And uh, that Barbie, presidential Barbie, presidential elect Barbie, uh, she came with an American themed dress like for an inaugural ball and a pantsuit for her duties in the Oval Office. Which I think is only this might be my favorite one so yeah, far. Yeah, big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fucking fan. I love. I think it's because the American flag image has become ironically funny yeah. to me. I I think a lot of people feel mm -hmm. that way nowadays because of just you know. Oh, we know. There's there's yeah <laughs> we, we know. know we don't have to get into it. So now I look at this and I'm like, it's like mocking the Holy Trinity. That's what it feels. Yeah, like Yeah, I mean one. I'm sure that there was a point made at the time of like, you can't disrespect the flag like that or whatever, but it, oh, but there sure. is something about it that I find extremely hilarious. Um, so let's get into the nineties a little bit. This is the iconic Barbie that I assume most of us would think of when we think of Barbie, right? The long blonde hair cut out a flat line, the bright blue eyes with almost navy eyelashes. And she had that white dot in the center of her eye that made her look bright. And like the stars were in her eyes. She has like soft pink lips. She's stunning. I mean, they always knew what they were doing with the face. Um, when we get into 1992, 
not only did Barbie run for president, but they also released a Barbie that was called Totally Hair Barbie. When I tell you this doll, they sold over 10 million of this doll. The doll holds a record for the world's longest successful toy sale. It is still, to this day, the best-selling Barbie. Mattel knew that hair play was uh, and hair play is a weird word to say, but that's just what they call it. Um, it was a huge part of the children's love for the toy. Everyone, everyone wants to get their hands on those locks, you know? Um, and they gave this woman hair that goes to her ankles. Big ass, blonde ass hair. It goes to her ankles. Um, you can braid it and play with it and do fun styles with it. The commercial's really cute. It's girls with like long hair and ponytails and their Barbies just swooshing that hair over their shoulders and like laughing and like spinning, um, fly, like with this hair flying around them like a canopy. It It, it is really cute, honestly. Um, but yeah, ten over 10 million totally hair Barbies. Um, I think they there will be a joke about that in the Barbie movie um, because a big thing with Barbie was also a lot of girls cutting Barbie's hair and giving her a haircut. So totally hair Barbie gave that opportunity to girls just chopping the shit out of that and still having hair left. The 90s are also interesting because that's when we get into collector's edition Barbies. The kids that grew up with Barbies are now adults with adult money. Uh, so they had, this is when, I mean, Oscar de la Renta did his thing, but they had fashion designers come in to design dresses and looks. Um, and with our demographic, it's mostly people over the age of 25. So I assume when I say fancy Christmas Barbies, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, we're talking yeah, big gowns, right? quality accessories mm -hmm. we're talking like giant plastic packaging and barbie yeah. is serving in every single one of these they came out with a different color every year but it was typically like red and silver blue and silver green and silver uh she was serving every christmas barbie was serving i actually in theory should still have a few of them um because they were like the height of glamour uh, in the 90s, right? Like, you, everyone wanted... But, like, I was never allowed to open them, which is weird because... That's so sad. I mean, it is sad. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had, like, a bin of Barbies, you know? Like, you could find them for 50 cents at a garage sale. It wasn't, you know, anything crazy. But, like, this, like, beautiful packaging. And, like, I didn't get to enjoy it then. And I, I don't know where it is now. I assume I have one in the garage in a tote. And she's probably safer there, so I haven't unearthed her. But uh, if I do... After the movie, feel so inclined to get her out. I will post pictures on Instagram. Um, so, yeah, in the 90s and the 20s, Barbie gets really modern, right? We have the big Christmas flashies. Um, but throughout the rest of the year, they're just fun and modern. Barbie's in jeans. You know, Barbie's uh, a, a baker. She's a pastry chef. She's a doctor she's you know whatever the hell she wants to be women can be whatever they want um but the fun ones are there are some fun ones in there i had a barbie called birthday barbie and she's just freaking gorgeous man her hair is like white blonde and long and wavy but she is in this over-the-top gown that's just pink and blue confetti shapes that like iconic confetti shape that was everywhere um, when we were kids 
uh, McDonald's actually did a small run of Barbies in Happy Meals, and I wish it would bring those back, like the classic ones. Um, oh, they were so good. They were so good. Uh, and McDonald's had a small version of her as well, and I got that one as well. And it very much gave the don't ever talk to me or my son vibe. Ever again. Ever again. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of... If they... You talking about Christmas Barbies? I did yeah. a quick Google because I wanted to just see, and I have unearthed a memory that I did not know existed. Oh, I sure. guess I had the 1997 holiday special edition Barbie. Okay. Because I vividly remember this dress and this Barbie, like vividly as a kid. You said 97. Yes. Let's see if I've seen it too. I do remember. I don't know if I had that specific one, but yes, I do remember that dress. I had this one. That's crazy. Like, oh, well, memory unlocked. See, and that's the thing about Barbie is that you're like, oh, I'm just living. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. There she is. Like, I specifically remember that one. Let me see if I can find the one that I remember that I. Th- birthday Barbie's iconic. Dude, bro. birthday Barbie's so cute. Her shoulder, her little shoulder thingies are so cute. Oh, what is this one? Did I have this one? It doesn't, does it say the year? No. Now I look at these and I'm like, my cat would absolutely eat this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. Um, what in the world? I think I had this one, but I don't know what year it is. Birthday Barbie. She's the prettiest present of all. I, yeah. I, I would agree with you. What year is this? 96. That would make sense that I would have uh, she has like a green dress on and like this crazy blonde hair it's huge 96 is it 96 Christmas Barbie and green in a green dress (laughs) she's getting it her hair is nuts it is. Now I feel the need to look up Christmas Barbies every year. <laughs> Just to find. Like, what yeah. did 1998 look like? You know, what was she doing? Oh, she was black and pink. Kind of. She was serving something. I, I oh, classy. You know. It's the crown for me. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of. Um, the original 1990 Christmas Barbie is actually quite stunning. She's just in pink. I mean, you're, we're talking pink, baby. Is a giant pink gown and it just. Oh my god! <laughs> I was not. That kidding. is. Uh... <laughs> I was not prepared. Um, what is fun though is that there are still people. Oh, I definitely had this one for sure. Um, I had uh the '99 Millennium Princess Barbie, and she's in navy and silver, if memory serves me correct, and she cute. She's living, but she's holding like a little like ornament or something. I can't remember, but she's cute. Oh yeah, she is cute. Um Oh yeah, you, the face change. We're starting this one is like what I would think of when I think of like early 2000s. Barbie. Yeah, even though uh to be fair, in this in the Millennium Princess one, she does kind of have like a bedroom eyes or like like she she hit the New Year's <laughs> Eve nog a little too hard, you know? She really does. Um, but what's kind of fun is that if uh, there's like ornament places that still make these, like the little ones that you can like hang on your tree. So have I thought about having a Christmas tree that's just Christmas Barbies? Yes, yes, I have. 
You should. Um, because it's just, they're just cute and they're not that expensive, but they're fun. I, I, Trixie Mattel has a whole series called Decades of Dolls where she goes over her collection and it is very inspiring. Um, if you're someone who has zero impulse control, don't watch it. <laughs> I will not watch it. Don't watch it because you'll want to collect so many Barbies just because they're cool. I mean, there's so many I've talked about, but there's so many out there. I mean, they came out with a Barbie every six months for, for even till today. I mean, there is a new Barbie constantly. Um, there's a whole I didn't even talk about. But now that we're sitting here just chit chatting, there are Barbies called Animal Loving Barbie and Animal. But it's not loving. It's Animal Loving Barbie and Ken an Animal Loving Ken, which like Animal oh, Loving. Okay. I don't love like Animal Loving Ken. Yeah, I'm not sure that I can get down on that. Don't love okay. it. Um, but those are the outfits that are shown in Toy Story. When they show Ken and Barbie, oh. that's the outfits they're wearing. That's funny that it's like that specific. Yeah, but it's iconic. I remember it. I remember them as a kid. I think, and it's funny that we just sat here and went into a total deep dive of like, look at this Barbie and look at that Barbie because I think that was the fun part about having them as kids was like you and yeah. your neighbor would be like, my mom picked up a bunch of Barbie clothes at a garage sale, and then we just go through and like look, and you're looking at history. I mean, you're looking at like decades and years and stuff i mean malibu barbie that blue that powder blue swimsuit i probably saw every day for six years as a kid because me my neighbor my other neighbor my other neighbor we all had one you know we all because mm -hmm. they were sold at garage sales and they were just this little bathing suit you know um but i love i just I, there's something about barbies that i just think is so much fun um I had this Barbie and I remember her. Uh, she was called Western Stamper Barbie and she had cowboy boots and the stirrups are stamps that you can wheel her around and she's like wearing wheelies basically and she leaves a stamp behind. That is fucking awesome. And if we know anything, the 90s was huge on stationery. Shout out to Lisa Frank. So like they came out with like a bunch of Barbies that had stamps and stuff and they were just fun. Um... And this one will maybe bring back memories if you had friends who had Barbies and you all had the accessories like that. You know, once again, I say I keep saying garage sales because we weren't we were not rich enough to just be like buying Barbies left and right. Right. Because we were poor. Yeah, it just wasn't <laughs> happening. But there is something there's not something there is someone and she's called Caboodle Barbie. And yes, she came <laughs> with a tiny pink Caboodle like she it's just this like stunning pink outfit in this cute little pink caboodle. And uh, it just, I, I completely remember seeing that. R.I.P. caboodles. I think they are still, I mean, I don't know if the company's around, but I think you guys are I think that it's like making a comeback too with like all the 90s nostalgia. But yeah. like for a while, that, that shit was dead. Y2K Barbie. She's mm. <laughs> just in a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> The holiday Barbies kind of turned into like celebration Barbies. We get into the 2000s and there's a Mattel celebration Barbie for uh, for the year 2000. And she's very pretty. All of these had very much giant ass gowns and they were just serving. They were serving looks. They were ready for the celebration. They were ready for whatever. So technically Y2K Barbie was like in a big ass gold gown but she was still serving you know she was ready for the end of it <laughs> <laughs> you had to be had to be 
Um, so in, in the 2000s, we uh, dumbly as a society thought that women had gained their freedom. Uh, that their rights weren't super fucked anymore. What a laugh we all had during that time. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of focusing on like new careers or like new, new not having kids or new, you know, any of that stuff, uh, Barbie became fun. This is where we get mermaid Barbies who were everything. Fantasy Barbies, princess Barbies, that kind of stuff. They focused on women can be anything they want for so long that it became jobs of all kinds, races of all kinds. They even dipped into fantasy of all kinds at this point. And it was just a fun time to be a Barbie. You know, we had Rapunzel Barbie and we had Swan Lake Barbie. And we'll talk about those more in a second. But that was what Barbie went to, like having fun and like a grandiose time. I have mostly focused on Barbie during this time. We have talked about Ken a little bit, but Barbie does have sisters. She has Skipper and Stacy and Chelsea. Uh, Ken, of course, is her boyfriend. But did you know that her boyfriend had a rival named no. Ryan? Yeah, it's what? a real thing. Uh, he also loved Barbie. And so he was a threat to Ken. Okay. Um, which I think is kind of funny that they were like, let's spice it up, you know? <laughs> Time for a little drama. He came in later. He wasn't always around, but he is in like a, some occasional like media and stuff. Uh, but Ken has a whole family. Uh, Ken has a family. Ken also has deep lore, including nine friends, nine different male friends. Right. Um, I, Not the Ken lore. Literally, the, the, the Ken universe. Um, and I could do an hour on just their friends alone. Um, after I see this movie, I just might. I could be compelled. But Barbie also has friends, right? There's Francie, uh, who was marketed as Barbie's modern cousin, which I guess means like she eats hot Cheetos and shaves her pubes. I don't know. Um, but that's what they market her as. Uh, they all have their own journeys. Um they all have their own lore. They also have friends and families. Her friends, the ones that are mostly known, are like PJ and Midge. Um, but she also has 13 other beautiful, stunning women surrounding her. They all have their own partners and sisters and cousins and parents. I started writing them all down, but this podcast would be 13 hours long. And I figured maybe be not that interesting to listen to. Um, I mentioned them a little bit, like I mentioned uh, Malibu PJ and uh, Midge and stuff like that. Like they, they're cool and and the faces are cool. They all have different faces. They all have different body types. Mattel at this point has put out 176 different dolls with nine different distinct bodies um, and eight different races and like 25 different named characters. So like they're out there. <laughs> I can't even imagine how many different face plates they made. I mean, Barbie has a new face every five years. Her friends all get new faces and bodies and stuff. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy how much they put into the world of Barbie. And it's cool to see where we are today. Modern day Barbie. Barbie's still fun, but Barbie's more focused on representation. Um, there's the fun one, like totally extra Barbie. Uh, she's like a high fashion, pink haired, totally hair Barbie cousin but they call her extra, which is kind of funny. 
there's totally movement Barbie who does yoga and has like a million joints. Homegirl has elbows and kneecaps and hips and she basically has a tiny skeleton and does like yoga and stuff. It's kind of crazy. Uh, we went from people freaking out about a hand being able to move in a commercial to a Barbie who can walk like Linda Blair down the stairs, you know, <laughs> progress. Uh, there's also deaf Barbie. She has cochlear implants. There's a bunch. I mean, they came out with Down syndrome Barbie a couple years ago. Barbie started as a thin, privileged white woman and is now representing different types of girls globally all the time. And I think it's cool. Um, some things I didn't mention, but I thought were cool for overall cultural impact was that Mattel was the first company to ever do children's commercials during children's programming. Getting children to turn around and be like, Mom, I want that. That was a huge boon for the children's toy industry. No one had ever thought about it before. And Mattel was like, well, let's take it to the source. Um, Dude, that's insane. Because I just think about, I'm sure you think about this too. Watching cartoons in the 90s where you're like, holy fucking shit parental unit <laughs> look at this crazy fucking nerf thing literally it's about to come out like like literally you're like oh the amount of nerf commercials i saw where i was like i want that it's nerf or it's nothing. nerf or nothing dog i'm telling you right now do you know what i miss you remember those what? nerf gummy footballs yes i, think about I those do all the time for some reason that and i think about do you ever remember going into a walmart and they used to have those really tall things filled with big bouncy yes. balls and they had one that was green and full of spiders <laughs> you ever think i don't i can't say that I, I think of that all the time i only started liking spiders like six years ago when i started gardening so like i can't say as a small child i was like ooh, the spider ball I've always had the same interests as a five-year-old boy, so mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I remember. They don't do that anymore. They don't have those big, tall things um, with, like, bouncy balls. They anymore. used to, but then, uh, like, Vine ruined it because people used to, like, throw themselves in them. Vine, yeah. why? Huh? My childhood. R.I.P. Um, you know what's really funny? I say that, but I definitely went as, like, a really cute spider as, like, a five-year-old for Halloween. I wonder if my mom has those pictures. I'll have to ask her. But I did. I went in, like, a full spider costume with, like, arms and stuff that I, ha like, had, like, metal things to hold. Oh, yeah. They were really cute. Um, I actually, as a kid, really liked bugs and everything. I also, that's why we're the same person for the most part is because I also am slightly a five-year-old boy. Uh my husband has to check our laundry before he does it because the amount of times he's pulled rocks out of the dryer or washer <laughs> is insane. Um, and I'm not even talking like crystals. Like it's not like a cute, I mean, don't get me wrong. He pulls out my moss oh, yeah. agate worry stone every single day, but like just gravel that I picked up and was like, mm, <laughs> I like this. That's cool. Piece of candy. A piece of candy. And it's just somebody's mailbox landscaping. And then I was like walking the dog. <laughs> um, like I said, the first year they were number three in the world. Right? So 59, number three. 60, number one. Since then, number one. Ever since? Ever since. They've been consistently number one since then. I mean, th when you think about it, who even comes close? Oh, no one. I mean, nowadays, too, they've expanded so far. So far. Like, past Barbie, like, dolls now. It's, like, very... There's a little bit of something for everyone. I'm very grateful that they have the things that they do now mm -hmm. but sad that they didn't have them when we were mm -hmm. kids mm -hmm. i am i am jealous of today's kids not in the fact that when they're 70 the world will be gone but in the fact that 
um they just have really fun toys <laughs> all they do is play on their fucking tablets and yeah. they get the coolest dolls of all time and it pisses me off yeah you know you're right but also as a kid i did des- i did awful things to my barbies so it's not like i was treating them with kindness anyway I did not. I worshipped my fucking brat dolls, dude. Did you? I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, I loved them and I took care of them. But I'm saying, like, I also definitely scalped a few of them and like gave them crazy makeup with sharpies and like, I don't know, made them have sex with each other or something. But we don't need to go there. Well, I did that last one, but I didn't do any of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, their operation is still relatively the same as it was then. I mean, it's way bigger now, you have to imagine. But even from the beginning, they were sending toy makers, sending sending Barbie makers to Italy, watch runways, coming home, designing clothes, sending them to the factories. And then by the time that that fashion was hitting America, Barbie was dressed to the nines and super current, if not a little ahead of the trends. Could you imagine? No, that's insane. It was just such an intense process. Like I said, it was taking about 18 months at the time. It's a little shorter now, of course. Well, it might be back to that after COVID, but they were so far deep into the lore of making girls feel fashionable and ahead of the curve and themselves. It's just really fucking cool. So yeah, so let's talk about how Barbie, she's not just a doll. She's an icon, a friend. But she's also a fucking movie star way before Greta Gerwig stepped into the frame. Um, so let's dip our toes into the Barbie cinematic universe for a second. There are 43 Barbie movies, not including just, the new one. Just 43? Because I thought it was way more than that. Oh, no. It's 43. Um, could we start a Patreon series where we watch every single one of them? <laughs> I am so down. You have no fucking clue. I mean, it's just, they're fun. They're just fun. Uh, Barbie fantasy movies, they, they include adventures with princes and horses and puppies and dancing and small challenges that Barbie can get over. There's mermaids and fairies and singing. I'm just like you. <laughs> You're just like me. <laughs> um, Barbie Roberts. Always built long-lasting friendships with many different lovable Barbie characters. The Barbie princess movies are the most popular, I think, but every single one of them has their own charm. Girls can watch their daily companion come to life and have fun, and who doesn't love that? Barbie has her own voice and feeling and narrative, uh, and these movies really started popping off in the early 2000s. Uh, Barbie and the Nutcracker, Barbie Swan Lake, and Rapunzel Barbie were the most popular of that era. Um, when these movies came out, we were 11, 12, 13, I think I saw a lot of them when I was babysitting and I didn't mind watching them because they're fun they're just fun. Barbie is fun. They've always known what they were doing with this damn character and they do it really well. These movies have inspired many YouTube essayists to deep dive and cover them at great length. If you have interested in learning more about the BCU. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, speaking of YouTube, in 2015, Barbie launched her own vlog channel uh, to talk directly to girls about the issues they face. The animated series featured Barbie discussing at range topics including depression, bullying, the health benefits of meditation, how girls have a habit of apologizing when they don't have anything to be sorry about. Bro, that's 
fucking legendary. She's a girl's girl. From the get-go, Ruth made her to be a girl's girl, and they have kept that 100% all the way. And I think about that a lot when a lot of people uh, in the 70s specifically, like, they talked a lot about how Barbie and her body shape was not good for girls. But, like, she was a fashion model. (laughs) Like, she was supposed to look a certain way. Um, But when a lot of people complained about it, they actually changed her body shape. Um, Barbie now today comes in three different sizes, petite, mid length and uh, like plus size, which is cool and everything. But like as a kid and as a fat kid, I was never like playing with Barbie being like, I don't look like her. Like she was a doll. <laughs> like I, yeah, I, she was a I don't think I ever model. thought that either. You know, and I talked to a lot of other girls who were also fat and I talked to my friends that played with Barbies. Like we played with Barbies together. It was never, it, it never sat with me and it could have, it could have was a certain people i i completely understand but a lot of the time when it comes to barbie and a lot of barbie's criticisms in my personal opinion um comes from people who didn't like barbie because of what she brought to the table which was feminism and they were like she's too skinny and she'll make girls hate. they didn't care about girls let's just get for real um and when enough people said hey we don't like that they're like okay cool we'll make her a little thicker and then they did in the 70s like we had Malibu Barbie and then they were like, cool, we got Beach Bunny Barbie. That's what all the girls on, on the California beach looks like. That's what girls want to, you know, think about or whatever. Um, and then after that, they were like, yeah, she a little thicker. And we just went with it because they heard people's complaints and went with it. So like they've always been ahead of the curve on that. And then in 2015, they were like, yeah, we need to tell girls to stop apologizing for shit. They have nothing to be sorry about always ahead of the curve doing what they need to do and i just i just love it i i do i have a i have a huge love for barbie that i knew i had but in writing this episode and watching a lot of barbie stuff in the last two years man i just have so much respect for the company um except for that gem thing that was weird but other than that (laughs) (laughs) um if you're looking for a recommendation for barbie media because there's also a bunch of tv shows um there's a show called barbie's dream house and it's kind of shot like a reality show where there's like confessionals. <laughs> I love that. So it's really fun. Um, but this is my favorite iteration of Ken because he's so gay, but he's also so in love with Barbie. And I should say he's so feminine, but he reads like a queen dog, like the whole way through. And he he's just wonderful. He's just wonderful. He's so much fun. And Honestly, Ken's always been a little zesty. You go back and look at Superstar Ken with his little cock ring necklace and tell me. Yeah, you can't tell me that been. Ken's not at least by. Like. I mean, for sure. And we love that for him. And Barbie loves him for that. And he loves himself for that. Um, I think personally, they didn't really know how to make a male doll that wasn't G.I. Joe. Yeah. You know, like, how do you market a male doll to girls if you don't make him a, a, a girl's man? You know? Yeah, I think also when they first started designing Ken, it's like you are only the epitome of masculine if you're a cop or you're in the army. Right. So then they're like, well, how do we make just like a regular dude? And then they just right. couldn't well, figure it out. Also, Ken was never supposed to outshine Barbie. Ken was just the answer for parents who wanted Barbie to have a man. So they're like, cool, we'll give you a man, but he's going to be gay. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking about that meme with Michelangelo where like because he was gay and 
they asked him to paint the Sistine Chapel, which is a church. And he was like, fine, I'll paint your stupid little church mural, but I'm going to have a bunch of dudes out with their dicks on it. You know, like that kind of vibe. <laughs> That's how Ken has always felt. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure, we'll give Barbie a boyfriend, but he's going to be a little like mm, just a little like. And I love that. You know, I, I do. I love that. I think that there's something about that that's so funny because men like that exist out there. They're not all fucking jarheads, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, Barbie has been everything. And he's always just been Ken, a man in love with Barbie. Barbie isn't chasing men, but the men around her worship her just as it should be. Hello. Um, and I just think I just think it's wonderful. There's there's just something about Ken from big business Ken to animal loving Ken that he's always just been down to do whatever Barbie was doing. And he was just happy to be involved and love her. And I think that's fun that they did that even throughout the whole eras. I mean, listen, it's chow time. Come and get it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Barbie now throughout, throughout the decades has inspired a million copycats, if you will, or intimate flatterations of copycats like the Bratz dolls, which I loved. I was a Bratz girl, I think more so than I was a Barbie girl, but that's just because the Bratz girls were cunty and I liked that. They so were, yeah. And their eyeliner could cut them in. Yeah, but I didn't like that they didn't have feet. I never liked that. And I'm not even a feet person, but the whole like not having feet thing freaked me the hell out, even though I it loved It was them. weird with the little nubs. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, love- <laughs> didn't love that. Truthfully, did not love that. But I think that Barbie. Gave, I don't think that I know that Barbie gave girls who were trapped in a society that didn't really care about them other than being homemakers and mothers and gave them astronaut Barbie and gave them rock star Barbie and gave a woman owning a house, just a woman living her dreams and having fun and being kind to other women and looking out for other women and very excited about the movie coming out. Barbie has always stood for women's empowerment and women's dreams. Uh, No wonder they fucking talk shit about my good Judy, you know? (laughs) Greta Gerwig has done an amazing job in the past making movies about the plight of being a woman in a man's world. And I cannot wait to see what she does with a Barbie in a Barbie's world. You know? Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Uh uh, yeah, I thought about starting this podcast by being like, hi, Eerie. <laughs> hi, Ken. Hi. I, I hi. Fucking, yeah, I got a, the fucking demonic TikTok sound. It's is, my favorite. Is, I love it so much. Sure, Ken. Sure, Ken. Yeah, that's literally been me so. my entire life. So when that TikTok <laughs> sound, I was like, I, 100%. So I figured if I was like, hi, Eerie, you'd be like, hi, Sarah. And I I really did want to start off that podcast, but I was afraid you'd miss the joke and you'd be like, hey. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Barbie has inspired so many things. I mean, that iconic song, of course. Mean Girls, of uh, so much of that fashion was inspired by Barbie. If you have free time just go look up historical barbies and look at their outfits and see how you can see that become a thing um like i said i I do recommend trixie mattel's videos especially if you're someone who really likes history in a visual aspect that was the one that was the hardest part about uh this podcast when i was writing it was like but then there's this outfit and there's this outfit but it's like no one wants to listen to me just explain like obscure barbie outfits you know for an hour but um (laughs) 
You know, but I get to sit here and Google them and really enjoy it. So Yeah, typically I make podcasts where you don't have to Google a lot of stuff. So if you're like listening to this while doing dishes or like cleaning, which is where I spend a lot of time podcasting or gardening, um, you don't have to Google a lot. But I'm sorry, this is a heavy Google episode because they're just there's something about Barbie that sparks the curiosity and the dreams about all of us. And that's what they set out to do. And that's what they did. And I stand by them. So stay dreaming. Stay pink and stay out, Arcadia.